Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. So today we are looking at the effects of divorce on children. This could be devastating, as we know. And so we have asked uh, Moya Rousseau, who's a director of family law and property litigation. And uh, she joins me now on the line to discuss this very, very difficult conversation. And honestly, oftentimes when the two parties are at war, the people who are, you know, least considered oftentimes when people are at war are the children. So we really want to be able to assist families and, and people who are going through this at this at this point in time, how to navigate this very difficult time and, and also protect yourself. Love to take your calls 0891-104-207. Are you one of those people who at this point in time are in the middle of a war and 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 children are having to suffer for it are you battling um that the children fight is that your reality and uh, our litigation expert is here to help you through the process and i know we don't talk about this enough but oftentimes you have fathers who say i've been denied access to my children and i really don't know where to go and it becomes a very long process a very long process and so the assumption often is that the best person to have these children is a woman. But it becomes very ugly, and we all know it's not necessarily always fair. So I'd love to take your calls on 0891-104-207. As I said, my guest is Moya Rousseau, Director, Family Law Property Litigation, and she joins us now on the line. Moya, thank you so much for making the time. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pamela. How are you? I am well. I mean, it's a difficult conversation, Moya, and I'm sure when you look at um, cases that come through to you it's it's never easy is it no it's extremely difficult especially you know I've just listened to what you said in your intro now about um, you know ultimately it becoming a complete war between parents on you know the the care and uh, contact or the custody battle of the children and mm-hmm. it often just becomes uh, or, yeah becomes completely out of hand Let's, um, let, let's talk about the very initial stages. So two people just, you know, decide this is it. We, we, you know, two people who perhaps have been living in the same house, right? Mm. This is, yeah. these are spouses that, that have been living under one roof. They have uh, children and then yes. they decide we're calling it quits. Obviously, yes. at that point, the divorce is not final. So there is that time, that interim space. Yes. What 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 needs to happen there? Who has got the right to take the children? Okay, so um, initially at that point in time, there's obviously if there's children involved, uh, immediately one of the first discussions um, which is brought to the fore is well, where's the children going to live post divorce and in the interim? Mm. People still living together in the same house and often um that's inevitable you know from a financial point of view until the divorce is finalized if people are financially in a better position they can of course make arrangements for one of the parties to immediately move out mm. um but um either way the discussion is then prompted about what is going to happen to the children in the um, immediate future and then more long term obviously when the divorce is finalized mm. when to answer your question on who's got what right mm. Neither parent is entitled to, well, first of all, to move out of the house with the children without mm-hmm. the other um, parent's consent, mm-hmm. or to say, well, you need to go, I'm staying behind with the children and I'm kicking you out of the house. Okay. So there needs to be an agreement 
on that. Um, and if they cannot reach, uh, reach an agreement at that early stages of the divorce, then um, we proceed with what we call in the High Court a Rule 43 application. In your regional court, it's exactly the same application, but it's a Rule 58 application, which is a very unique application, um, um, only relevant in divorce matters, where a court then immediately comes to the assistance in granting an interim pertaining to very limited aspects, which is the, can, the immediate can, um, contact of the children. In mm-hmm. other words, where are they going to live and with whom? Mm-hmm. Um, if they're living, for instance, with mom, then mm-hmm. secondly, under what circumstances are dad going to see them? Mm-hmm. And then the ancillary um, things that a court can grant you in that application relates to maintenance. So, for instance, mom now moves to a new apartment or new house. Mm. Dad obviously needs to financially assist, so there will then be an immediate interim maintenance order also to regulate those immediate issues pertaining to the children. This is so interesting. So the assumption that the, the, uh, the default is the woman to keep the children is not true? Definitely not, and definitely not um, since, um, well, I won't say immediately, but with, we still call it the New Children's Act, even though it's you know, been in place since 2005. Mm. Um, but uh, the whole idea with that act was to, to um, move away from this stereotypical view that you know, the mother is mm. the be-all and end-all of um, the, the care, the, the, you know, caring for the children, and certainly moving towards um, equality in, in parenting and, and promoting. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go through the first 20 sections on, on in the Children's Act um, focuses on the importance of co-parenting, and that is what the Act, that's why that Act was promulgated in the end, you know, was to promote this new view on that it's the best thing for children are that, that um, parents co-parent, even though they don't like each other anymore, um, you know, as far as the kids are concerned, they they should try and stay on the same page as far as possible. So, Moya, I mean, that's that's the kind of the ideal where people will then go somewhere and agree on a position. So, you we've just assumed now that they've agreed that they're going to live. The children are going to live with one or the other. In the event that even that in itself is contested, then what? Well, if it then. If it then is contested, mm. then the matter will be referred to uh, the relevant um, uh, family advocate's office mm-hmm. for a full investigation mm. and a report and recommendations as to, well, now what do need to happen because these people simply cannot Agree. come to an agreement. Mm. And the court needs to be guided, and that's where the family advocate comes in. The family advocate being an office um, with qualified attorneys, they work in teams of two, a family, a family advocate, which is a qualified attorney, together with a social worker or a psychologist. Mm-hmm. They work in a team together, um, investigate the matter, um, depending on, you know, the level of acrimony or if there is um, psychological issues or, you know, concerns of, for instance, alcoholism or abuse or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That is then fully investigated. The report is written with recommendations which is submitted to the court, and that gives the court guidance on the way forward, mm. on what needs to happen. But ultimately, from a from an immediate point of view, when people, you know, sit in front of you at first consultation, and you, you 
fairly soon, you know, within the next, uh, within a half an hour of meeting someone, knows whether you'll be possibly able to get these people to come to an interim agreement or not. Um, and if not, then you uh, proceed with the Rule 43 for that immediate. Um, it's a very robust approach the court yeah. takes in that interim application. But just to sort it out on an interim basis, um, the matter can then still be referred to the family advocate for further investigation, mm-hmm. you know, and long-term recommendations post-divorce. But just to, you know, kind of uh, set the um, boundaries in place and protect the children's best interests as soon as possible, um, and to prevent a huge fallout as far as possible, as soon as possible. To what extent does finance play a role here? So, in other words, the person who's likely to get the children or the custody in the event that these two people both want custody of the children mm-hmm. is the one maybe that earns more? Um, no, I won't say so. I, don't, I, I won't say when you look at the divorce and the, the dispute over care and contract that mm. finance is necessarily determines which way it would go okay. I say so because um, one of the aspects in a rule 43 application um, that you can also um, you know bring before the court in an application like that is a, a contribution towards your legal costs so it's a constitutional right of, mm. of uh, both parents to be equal before the law so where you have, you know, your traditional family where you have a primary breadwinner, usually that used to be um, the husband. It's not necessarily so anymore, but let's use that as an example. Mm. Where you had a primary breadwinner, the dad, which is financially strong. You had a mom which either earned less or she was a housewife, so she, she didn't earn anything. She can then um, uh, go to court also in a Rule 43 and say, well, I'm not on a financial uh, on an equal financial footing with my husband mm. to litigate this matter mm. and the court sh- should should order him to contribute to my legal costs. Mm. And that is a very empowering thing, I think, for anyone in the public to know. Not a lot of people mm. know that. Mm. And I think a, a lot of people stay in marriages mm. for the very fear of, well, I cannot afford mm. to divorce my spouse mm. because I cannot afford litigation where you have this relief available to you. Sure, that is um, really empowering to know. Moya, M- M- let me just take a quick break and then yes, we'll take sure. these calls. I do see you, Rich. We'll take more of your calls on 0891-104-207. And we are speaking about a very difficult time when people have uh, decided to go their separate ways. What then happens to the children? Life, Life happens with Pimelo Motine. All right, we're speaking about that very uncomfortable time when two people cannot make up their minds about what to do with children when they go their separate ways. Moya Rousseau is a director and family law property litigation expert, and she joins us now on the line. And I also see you, Rich. You're calling us from Durban. Rich, thank you very much for calling. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to, to you. Um, I want to comment about the default provision that you spoke about yes. where the children are seen. Um, what you, your guest um, has said is correct. However, mm. the thinking still remains that. By, that, by, uh, by who, Rich? By the, you see, in the process, when the decision about um, where the children will be mm. um, must be by agreement through the family advocate. Mm-hmm where you go for a consultation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lawyer and a social worker there for consultation. 
um, what then happens there, immediately, immediately, you pick up that the attitude is, oh, what do you think you're doing? You know, uh, hence, I'm that. saying, in your experience, did you find that even the professionals had that attitude, Rich? Absolutely. I, such that, such that um, after the first session, mm. um, I protested, mm. I complained with, with the head of the office, mm-hmm. and then there was a second session. Mm. The second session was even worse. Mm. They were proving a point. Mm. Um, Moya, I mean, I've... Uh, uh, yep up to a point where I actually told them that it's apparent that you've already decided, mm. you've made up your mind. Mm. You have no reason. Even now, they couldn't give me reasons why um, they, they decided the other way. Mm. Look, Moya, um, I, I, I must say, it's not the first time that I'm hearing this. And in fact, I, I have a friend who for years fought to, to mm-hmm. have custody. And and his, uh, you know, his experience was just like Rich saying, well, I found that um, the law, yes, in principle was on my side, but in practice, I found it very difficult as a man to get custody of my kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Such that, you see, and this also helps the children because eventually now, my son is with me, mm. right? Mm. My daughter wants to come, but it's difficult. You understand? Mm. So, 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 ultimately, it's the children that suffer. Yeah. Moya, I mean, as I said, um, I've heard this before. And in fact, the person that I'm speaking of eventually got custody of the children who, you know, and, and it's a man. Um, but the road was was quite difficult. And, and this is the kind of experience that I think a lot of men would say yeah. is their true experience. So, Milo, I do think it, um, we still have a long road to go as far as changing views on, on parenting. Mm. Um, especially with um, male prime, males as primary caregivers. I'm certainly pro-male um, caregivers. I don't feel that there should be any difference, um, you know, as mm. far as that is concerned. Mm. Um, but um, certainly we still have a long way to go. And I also, I, you know, I don't really want to um, express my opinion too much on the issue because there's so much that that you need to take into account the, the region, which uh, family advocate it is, mm. which uh, province, where there's you know other cult- cultural and traditional issues mm. that obviously come into play. I'm in Port Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel we have a very um, pro father and, and proactive um, family advocate here. So maybe we are lucky in that sense. Mm-hmm. But certainly, from my own experience. Um, it's not a walk in the park, mm. um, and, and perhaps I miss, um, uh, didn't express myself too clearly <laughs> earlier. It's certainly not a walk in the park yet, yeah. um, and uh, that a father will get a primary care, but those fathers that come ac- across my path, yeah. I do, you know, it is a harder fight. Mm. Um, and I think you, you as, an, as an attorney, at least, from my point of view, you put in more effort than you would do where you acting for the for the female um, client, giving them more advice, um, preparing them for the family advocates um, office, preparing them to understand what they are to expect, what they are entitled to bring to the table at at those meetings, and not how to deal with the family advocate um, after consultations and so on and so forth. And just the last point on the family advocate, of course. Um, and yes, here the financial aspect would then become, you know, come into play is 
um, the family advocate is also not um, the end of the line. If you if you do not agree with the family advocate's um, report, you are entitled to challenge it. Okay. But then that would be for your own account to then obviously get an independent um, psychologist um, to to reinvestigate and challenge challenge the report and recommendations. So it's not necessarily the end of the road, yes. but yeah. Moya, you know, how often does it happen that, you know, either of the two parents is deemed unsuitable and an alternative arrangement has to be made for the children? It doesn't happen. Well, at least I'm, I'm again just talking from my own experience. In, in my career, it's perhaps happened um, four or five times okay. that children has been taken away from both parents. Um, of course, in South Africa, on that note, we face other challenges mm. because the, um, the capacity for the family advocate or then social services to take away a child and place that child in foster care or in a children's home, um, certainly in the Eastern Cape, is so limited. There is there is just no space anymore to accommodate um, children and place them in foster care or in children's homes. So it is an absolute last resort and not necessarily because it's not needed, but because there isn't capacity, which is quite sad if you think of it that way. Okay, so let's now move to the bit about when we get to the divorce stage. Okay, yes. so you are now there. Um, what what stands you in good stead? Say that again. What stands one particular individual in better stead than the other? So, in other words, what places you in how, a better position? Yes. Well, can you just limit your question? Are you are we yeah. still on the talking about? Um, primary care and parenting well, or well if, 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 if the individuals don't agree right and they eventually get to court at the stage when they get a divorce um, and, and, and the legal system decides what then becomes of these children what is it that makes the one better than the other it's the one that really proves to the court that they whatever decisions they made and how they conducted themselves throughout the divorce action and the whole process and if there was a trial um, that they truly and truly believe that you know the decisions they made and the way they conducted themselves was in the children's best interest, and that is a very grey area because mm. for parents it's very difficult. They may subjectively think um, you know what the decisions they make or the fight they're putting up is in the children's mm. best interest, when in fact it's not. Um, yeah, well, and, yeah, and also if, if, I, if I can afford a better lawyer who's going to guide me and advise me on how to pretend to really be loving, then I can. You know, if, 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 if it's all about showing that I am a better parent and it's a contest, there are people who can pretend to be showing to be better parents. I agree with you and I think um, I can't say that things like that hasn't happened where mm-hmm. people you know, have pulled the wool over the eyes of their own attorneys or, or the, ex, the child care experts. When I say that, psychologists, family advocate, who, uh, that has happened. Mm. I do believe that is uh, few and far between. Um, and maybe I'm naive, but I do believe that you, I mean, you can just pretend so much until your true character shows. Yeah. But I do agree with you that, I mean, I'm not going to deny that things like that has not happened. Moya, let's talk about what's ideal for the children. So, you know, what is the best scenario uh, from where you're standing as a family law expert? 
for the children for the children. in a divorce situation. Correct. Well, I think uh, first and foremost, if the if the parents are ha- have an ability and are committed to co-parent, mm. um, and if they are have the ability to set their personal emotions and what they feel, the anger and the hatred or whatever it might be, lack of love of between the two of them as adults aside and co-parent in the children's best interest. I think I've seen it every day of my life. When th- that happens, I mean, children f- um, thrive. And that, that ties in with not pulling the children into the divorce, mm. not using the children as tools to achieve something else in the divorce or have one up on each other, certainly not discussing the divorce with a child, no matter how old that child is. Really? Um, and and yeah, not discussing, which is ultimately adult matters with the child. They sure. become guilt-ridden. Um, they feel that they're placed in the middle and that they have to choose between two people that they love over a, over an issue that they actually it's got nothing to do with them. That's an interesting one because I, I mean I think I've heard other experts, psychologists, who say you know be honest, be honest with the child, tell the child what's going on. If they don't second guess what's going on or hear people whisper behind their back, they're more likely to be secure. You disagree with that? No, I don't. Um, but uh, again, maybe I haven't expressed myself too well. Um, what I mean with, well, let me put it this way. Of course, you need to just sit the children down at some stage. And the best way to do that is also to do it together mm-hmm. so that you still, even though you're splitting up, you are still presenting yourself to the children as a united front and as co-parents of these children to sit them down and to tell them this is now what's going to happen. Often, you know, we we going into the realm of therapists. Now, I usually tell my clients, go and see a psychologist, go and see a childcare therapist. To you know your child best. You know what your child, the the information your child may or may not be able to cope with. Whether it needs to be very limited, very factual, or whether you have a you know very um, a child that asks a lot of questions. Go and see someone that you know specialises in that to explain to you how to break the news. Of course, if your children has, you know, has questions throughout the, the, the process, to answer it as factually as possible and not emotionally. Hmm. Um, if I can give you an example, for instance, rather than um, if, there's a, if there's a dispute over whether or not mom and the kids are going to stay behind in the house or whether they're going to move out, um, instead of saying, Daddy no longer wants us to live in the house, if they aren't asked that because that is, you know, an issue that, that um, brings mm-hmm. anxiety to children. Mm-hmm. Where are we going to stay? Mm-hmm. Where are we going? Mm-hmm. Rather than saying, Daddy no longer wants us to stay here and, you know, mm-hmm. giving the impression that Daddy is not kicking us out on the streets, maybe mm-hmm. that is his intention. But for the kids, it's the way you answer the question is to say, well, I'm not certain we we're going to live. Dad and I am still discussing it. Um, and as soon as I know, I will let you know. And once you know, well, I'm staying or no, we're moving, then, then you answer that question at that stage. But avoid emotionally loaded answers to your children. Very different because the face may be saying completely a different story, <laughs> you know. It's, it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. And again, that's, that's where it becomes, you know, very important for adults to, to adult and, you know, and, and keep your kids out of it. 
because on the long term it is going to um, be in their best interest to yeah. protect them from it's already a stressful and a traumatic experience mm-hmm. for various reasons um, and I think um, to to protect your kids from that as far as possible will always be in their interest mm-hmm. rather than not. Well, thank you so much for, for your expert advice. Really thank you for the time you've taken us somewhere or so direct her family law property litigation and uh, yeah, just uh, helping us through what could be a very, very difficult time and, and as you've heard it, you know, the assumption that the default uh, parent for children should be the woman is not necessarily true. That changed in 2005, but a lot of you saying, well, you know, uh, yes, it is in reality, but in practice, we come across a lot of people who don't practice that. So uh, understanding your difficulties there. Well, go look her up. Moya Rousseau is the director of family law property litigation.